Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming Simchat Purim, Happy Purim to all. Purim is the happiest holiday on the Jewish calendar. It begins this Wednesday evening, continues through Thursday, and I wish you a Purim full of joy and happiness. But all of the joy and all of the happiness of Purim can't hide the fact that the story of Purim the story that is told in the book of Esther, in Megillat Esther, is a very serious story, which raises very serious questions. And while I wouldn't ask you to worry about those questions on Purim itself, just enjoy the holiday, before and after, there are many questions that we should be thinking about based upon the book of Esther, and I'm going to share one of them with you today. First of all, let me point out something about the book of Esther. Many have pointed out that the book of Esther is a classic diaspora story. Jews who find themselves threatened because they are living under the rule of a civil authority of a different nation, of a different faith. In fact, some have argued that because the book of Esther has some of the stories that it does, it in essence is a great argument for Zionism. It's a great argument for living in a place where you don't have to deal with the questions of being under the civil authority of another people. But I'm going to assume that the majority of people listening to this podcast are, in fact, living in the diaspora. And so to Jews living in the diaspora, there's a very serious question that comes up out of part of the book of Esther. And I'd like to share that with you today, because I think that it's a question that we need to wrestle with that we need to come up for ourselves and on a community level as well, some guidance in our own minds of how we're going to deal with this particular question. I'll get to the question in all of its, uh, in all of its reflections a little bit later, but let me just ask you a very basic question now before we, before we get to the story from the book of Esther and the question itself. I'll start with a very simple question. Think of another holiday, think of another time of year. What do you say? And what do you teach your children to say when somebody wishes them Merry Christmas? You're in the store, the cashier says, here's, your, here's what you bought, Merry Christmas. Standing on the street corner and somebody nods their head and says, Merry Christmas. What do you say? And what do you teach your children to say? We'll get back to that at the very end of the podcast. But now let's go back to the book of Esther. In chapter 3 of the book of Esther, we read that Haman has been promoted to a position of authority. And the king has ordered everyone to kneel and bow down to Haman. They're all bowing down, kneeling and bowing down to Haman. But Mordechai lo yichrav lo Mordechai does not kneel and does not bow down. And what we read is that representatives of the king come to Mordechai and they say, why, why don't you bow down? Why are you going against the order of the king? And the answer is, because Mordechai is a Jew. Now, that actually is a very controversial statement. And it's not just... I'm not the only one that finds a controversy in it. This has been asked by rabbis throughout the centuries, which is, 
there is no prohibition in Judaism to bowing down to a civil authority. It has nothing to do with the prohibition against bowing down to other gods and only bowing down to God. Civil authorities, people who we have respect for, protocol, fear, they're all reasons why we might bow down or kneel to another human being. That's true in the Bible. It's true in subsequent Jewish law. So therefore, we have to come up with another reason why Mordechai didn't bow down to Haman. And the rabbis were full of reasons. One interpretation is that Haman is identified as a member of the tribe of Amalek, the archetypal, paradigmatic enemy of the Jewish people with whom, according to the Torah, we have an obligation generation after generation to wipe out the memory of Amalek. And therefore, Mordechai, recognizing that Haman hated the Jews to begin with, was not going to bow down to him, in fact, was willing to start a conflict because he knew that in the end God would support the people of Israel in their battle against Amalek. A second interpretation, and one that's charming, much less controversial, much less difficult to understand, and it's wonderful, it's just not in the story in the book of Esther, but it's a lovely story, that Haman wore a coat, wore a robe, that had figures of the Persian gods imprinted on it, images of the gods imprinted on it, and therefore had Mordechai bowed down to Haman, he would have, in essence, de facto, been bowing down to Persian gods. And then finally, there's another interpretation I want to raise, more for the question than for the answer. In Yalkut Shimoni, which is a collection of Midrashim from the 7th century, the people who ask Mordechai the question, why didn't you bow down to Haman, are in fact leaders of the Jewish community who come to Mordechai and say, why did you put us all in danger? Why did you endanger us? Why didn't you bow down? Mordechai's answer is something about his ancestral namesake, Benjamin, and how Benjamin didn't bow down to people. I'm not interested in Mordechai's answer. I'm interested in the question. Because the leaders of the community come to Mordechai and they say, why did you put us in danger by raising this conflict at this time? Now, keeping in mind the fact that a Jew really can bow down to another human being, let's assume that Mordechai had a different reason, one of the rabbi's reasons or another reason. And the, the leaders of the community come to him and say, I don't know why you started this conflict now you're putting us all in danger. It's a real, very, very serious question. So now I want to move away from the book of Esther, keeping all of that in mind, but move away from the book of Esther and talk about our community, our lives in this case as American Jews. And here's my question. How do we decide whether an issue that is raised within our lives as Jews, where we feel either excluded, insulted, or disregarded based upon what we believe or how we act as Jews, how do we decide whether we're going to raise an issue about that or whether we're not? How do we decide what's important enough for us to raise an issue and face an inevitable conflict with an institution, with a, with a government, with a position of authority, with, with a boss, with a teacher, whatever it might be. And when is it appropriate to just take a deep breath and say, it isn't worth the fight. 
it isn't worth the conflict. As a rabbi in a community, I faced this question countless number of times. And there were times where I would say to people who came to me, you know, I understand how you felt, but this maybe was one person acting out of ignorance, or, you know, if we raise this issue about this particular event or this particular situation, we're going to use up some of the capital because people aren't going to listen to us every single time we complain. So maybe this is an issue that we kind of just walk away from, that we don't really confront. Because that's what sometimes living in the diaspora means, living in a, in a, in, as a minority, you take a deep breath and you say, this wasn't important enough to raise. Now, that's not to say there aren't issues that are important enough to raise. There absolutely are, and I did that quite a bit. I'll give you some examples. Calendar issues, especially in schools, but it can happen in businesses too, where people make decisions that, uh, that a certain event is going to take place on Kol Nidre night or on the night of the first Seder, and every student has to be there, and if you're not there, you're out of the club, you're out of the group, or you're out of the sports team, or you can't participate in graduation or whatever it is, these have to be fought. Because people need to be sensitive to the needs of Jews who care about the Jewish calendar. Or what happens if at a program somebody decides to do a reading or say a prayer which absolutely is insensitive to what we believe as Jews because it assumes that everybody shares the same religious belief. Yes, that has to be that's an issue that has to be raised. These and, and, and we have to risk the conflict. And very often there is conflict that comes of it. And there is tension that comes of it. But it's important that we raise it. But my point is that I want you to think about and to wrestle with this question for you as a diaspora Jew. What are the issues that you absolutely would confront? And what are the issues that you would say, I'm just going to back away from this one. It's not worth raising a fuss about. It's not worth raising an issue about. It's not worth the tension, the conflict that could result. I do not believe that every battle needs to be fought. The important ones do. And it's up to each of us to decide what the important ones are and what, the, and what is less important. But I do think that it's critical that we not feel that every time somebody says something that is slightly insensitive out of ignorance or perhaps just out of sloppiness or just because they're just not used to responding in different ways or acting in different ways, every time we don't have to respond. So I want you to think about it. I want you to think about what are your criteria, what's your uh, benchmark here? What are you willing and what do you think it's important to raise as an issue regardless of the conflict, regardless of the tension it might cause, regardless of the discomfort that it might be bring? And what are the issues that you're willing to say, you know, let's just pass this one by? I asked you a question at the beginning of this. What do you say and what do you teach your children to say when somebody says Merry Christmas? I'll tell you what I taught our children to say. 
Same thing I say myself. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Just isn't worth bringing up most of the time. So the question is, what brings an issue to the point where we absolutely are obligated and should be proud to confront that issue and confront that individual or that institution if we feel we're being in some way excluded or disregarded or disrespected as Jews. Think about it. But don't think about it on Purim. Have a great holiday. Think about it after Purim. Think about it before Purim. But just enjoy the holiday. Enjoy the hamantashen. Enjoy making noise in the synagogue. And we'll see you next week for another edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. Thank you.